because you cannot be upset in the same moment that you're being grateful. You cannot be upset. It's literally impossible. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Anyone Anywhere podcast. So today I have the great pleasure to have with me, Cristina Rodriguez. Let me do a quick intro about Chris. So... Chris is a jiu-jitsu and taekwondo black belt. She's also the owner and head coach of Gracie Tampa, Florida. Chris is also the founder and CEO of Grow Pro Agency, a marketing digital agency that helps fellow school owners to dominate their market online so they can drive more traffic and develop a tribe of loyal followers. How are you today, Chris? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I appreciate you having me on today and uh, ready to drop some some value bombs on uh, on the listeners. Thank you so much. So f- let's start from the beginning for the ones that are knowing you and listening for the first time. Can you tell me a little bit about you, about your background, please? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you for the, the awesome introduction. Uh, my, my full name is, is Christina Lee Rodriguez, but only my mom calls me that usually when she's upset with me. Um, my, my friends call me Chris, and I'm a, I'm a lifelong martial artist. I actually yesterday celebrated uh, the anniversary of the first time I ever stepped on the mat. So March 15th, 1993 was the first time I, I ever stepped on the mat. And um, I started, got my start in a Taekwondo school and fell in love with, with martial arts that very first day. And um, later on, fell in love with jujitsu much more than, than Taekwondo. Um, I'm a graduate of the University of South Florida. I have my degree in elementary education. My school's been open for, for almost 10 years now. And uh, it, it really kind of runs on autopilot. I've got a great group of, uh, of team members. And now my, my main focus is uh, my son, Cruz, got a, a one-year-old and uh, building our digital marketing agency and, and really just helping particularly martial arts school owners gain freedom in their, in their business. So that's a, a little bit of, about me, kind of the very short abridged version. Perfect. So let's start from the beginning. Why did you start martial arts? Yeah, my mom actually did judo uh, in the Bronx when she was a kid, and she absolutely loved judo. She competed in judo, and she would always talk about it um, to me. And she was going to an aerobics class at the local Y, and right next door to the aerobics class in the other room, there was a karate class. So while she was doing aerobics, I would sit and watch the, the karate kids, and I just thought it was really cool. And uh, we ended up moving down to Florida, uh, which is where I'm, I'm, I currently live. I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, and when we moved down to Florida, she picked me up from school on that, on March 15, 1993. She picked me up from school and said, what do you think about, you know, trying karate out? And I said, heck yeah. And um, it was literally a day that changed the trajectory of, of my life. And, uh, you know, I've been on on the mat, you know, I'll say on the mat in quotations, because back in 1993, there weren't any mats. It was carpet. We were training on carpet. Um, but that's how I, I got my start in, in martial arts. And um, 
I became an assistant instructor at my Taekwondo school when I was like 12 years old, ended up taking over the uh, head instructor position when I was 16. And it's, it's really the only job I've, I've had um, in, in, in my life has been in, in the martial arts industry. Beautiful. I already understood that martial arts, it's, it's like a pillar in your life for the ones that are afraid to, to step on on the mat because they think that it's too tough. Which advice you will give to them? Yeah, you know, I think the misconception about martial arts is that it's, you know, just physical, that, um, you know, it's all about self-defense. And yes, that is, that's a major puzzle piece, but the effects that it has on um, your perseverance, on your character as, as a human being is, is what I think makes the martial arts so powerful. You know, when we get phone calls of, of parents, they call our, our academy and they want information, most of the time, it's not because they want their child to be a world champion. It's not because they, you know, yeah, they want their child to learn how to defend themselves, but it's usually about developing confidence and discipline and respect and focus. And those are all things that as a child, you should learn how to develop that, but, but even as an adult. So I think, you know, that's one misconception is, you know, I, that it's just, it's such a physical uh, transformation and it, it can be a physical transformation, but I also think it's, it's very much a mental transformation. And, you know, typically people are nervous or, or get scared when they, when they have to try new things. And the only way to overcome that is, is to try new things. Um, I think that, you know, there are plenty of ways to find, you know, martial arts schools that, um, are, are going to provide you with a great journey, you know, social proof, looking at them online, finding their Google reviews, looking up their social media profiles will allow you to kind of get a feel for the culture because just like any business in any industry, not all businesses are created equally. Not all martial arts schools are created equally. Um, you know, so you've got to find the, you got to find, I call it the tribe. You got to find the, the right tribe of people and um, for anybody that's, you know, nervous about it, it'd, it'd be like the same thing if my son came to me, you know, and he's a little bit older and he says, you know, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to try it. Well, what, what kind of advice am I going to give him? Just give it a shot, right? We, we just need to check it out to, to see if it's something that we enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest misconception that it's, it's just so physical, but it, it's really more of a, you know, a, a mindset that, that you learn to develop throughout the martial arts. I think that the martial arts really is a vehicle. It's a vehicle for you to reach your, your human potential, right? How can we reach our human potential? I, I truly believe that the martial arts is, is a great vehicle to learn how to do that. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, you touch, I wanted to ask you, because sometimes we have this misconception of, you are too old for martial arts or too old for trying. Do you believe in that? No, I mean, I think the older we get, sometimes the, the more our body breaks down, right? Injuries, maybe from previous sports. And I think that is a reasonable concern that, that people have. Um, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't think there's an age limit at all. There's plenty of, you know, jujitsu schools out there. You've got 70, 80 year olds that are, that are out on the mat. You've just got to be very specific about who you train with 
And you know, you've, you've got to be okay with saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roll with the spazzy white belt today. Let me roll with the you know the purple belt that knows how to flow." But um, you know, age is just a number, and I I believe that training in the martial arts will ultimately help you feel younger. So um, I mean, no, I don't I don't think age is a limitation. You just got to be smart about how you train and and who you train. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, now I want to ask you, I like to ask to my guests, do you believe in having a purpose in life? Yeah, that's a, that's a really big question, right? Um, I was actually listening to uh, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan on, on the, their latest podcast. They've done a few and, and they talked a lot about that. And, you know, that was really like, you know, Elon's want to create SpaceX was to figure out the purpose and, and meaning of life, Right. Um, I believe in knowing your, your why, all right? I mean, all, all of our, our meaning of life and our purpose of life is, is, is going to be based off of our own perception. Um, for me, my, my meaning, you know, is, is I, I want to obtain what would be called an impossible life. You know, you see people living certain types of lifestyles and, and many times people say, oh, that's not possible. And I just, I, I don't believe that that's true. Um, and in, in order to really be able to reach that, you have to have the ability of choice. Um, life is, is much, much better when you have choices. And the more, the more choices, the more options that you have. Um, so how do you, how, you know, how do you get to a point where you can have those choices. And, and part, part of that is, is by having financial freedom. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I, I work so hard is, is to obtain financial freedom. I know we're going to be talking about, you know, what my definition of success here in, in a little bit, but um, it, it really comes down to, to knowing your why. And, you know, for me, that's about my, my family. It's about providing them with generational changes. I, I want to, you know, when we're looking at our family tree, I want there to there be a generational change in regards to love, right? I want my kids to feel more love than they've ever, you know, than, than our generations have ever felt. Um, and wealth, because that type of wealth will provide you with more choices in life. And, you know, I, like I said, I like having choices. I, I think it allows you to um, you know, create the life that you ultimately want to live. Love it. Love it. You were talking about knowing your why. How, how did you discover your why? And if somebody in this world of so much information that we have is a little bit lost, which advice you will give to them? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I actually, um, I keep a journal. Um, I'm, I'm really big on journaling and, um, in this particular journal that I had, there's actually an, an exercise that I did that's called Seven Levels Deep. And I learned this from Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. They have a, a course um, called KBB. And the, the first question is, um, you know, what is important to you about becoming successful? And you answer that. So whatever that answer would be for you, what is important to you about becoming successful? And then the next question that they pose is, why is that important to you? And then you answer that. 
And then whatever your answer is, they dig again and they ask, well, why is that important to you? And the exercise is called seven levels deep because every answer they're going to take it a, a little bit, a little bit further. So when I went through this exercise, it, it really allowed me to figure out what my why is. And I think the answer to your question is, is finding a coach, finding a mentor that is going to ask you these tough questions, these questions that we might have in the back of our head, but we ignore. Um, you know, I, I think the fastest way to streamline your success is, is finding a coach, finding a mentor. And then the second fastest way is finding somebody to hold you accountable. So having like an accountability buddy. So when I went through that seven levels deep exercise, the, the first answer, what is important to you about becoming successful was to have financial freedom. And then the next day, well, why is that important to you? Um, and the answer is so that I can work when I want to work. Well, then why is that important? So I can spend more time with my family. Well, why is that important? So I can share life's experiences with them. Well, why is that important? So I don't have any regrets when I'm on my deathbed. And why is that important? So I will have lived my best life with the people that I love. So I think it's a very interesting exercise that you can take yourself through these seven levels deep. And that's ultimately what, what I did in order to figure out my why. I love it. And I think it's advice that the, it's exercise that everybody should do. And if just to, to, to have a notion of, of, of your way, of the way that you should take this journey that we call life. I think it's, man, it's, it's a great exercise and it's the first time that I'm listening about. I love it. You were talking also about mindset. First of all, how do you describe your mindset? That's a great question. So when I was in middle school, I um, applied for a program called the IB program, which was the International Baccalaureate Program. And uh, it's, it's a very difficult program to get into. It's, it's for high school. And, and basically, your experience in high school is almost like going to college. So you are on a rotating schedule. Your classes are two to three hours long. And you can actually earn credits for college in high school. It's different from an AP program. It's, it's called the International Baccalaureate Program. And, and I ended up getting in. But in order to get in, you had to write an essay about your mindset. And that's why this, this question jogged my memory on it. And they wanted you to pick one word to describe your, your mindset. And the word that I picked was tenacity. Um, and, and for those that don't know what tenacity is or being tenacious, it's, it's having perseverance almost to the point of stubbornness, like just being so, you know, having so much perseverance where maybe you, maybe you should back off just a little bit. But I think that that best describes my mindset is, is being tenacious and having a mindset of tenacity. Um, there, you know, there are. I think times in, in every entrepreneur's you know, life where those thoughts, right? We all have fleeting thoughts that come in through our head, you know, thousands of thoughts, hey, and, and not all of them are, are useful to us. Sometimes they, uh, you know, don't make us feel all that great. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, untruthful to say that I'm always have that tenacious mindset. I mean, you have thoughts coming in that question it very often, 
But one of the tools that I use is when I have a thought that is coming in that isn't beneficial to me reaching my goals, I, I stop it in its tracks by just saying, that's not a useful thought. And something as simple as being able to remind myself, hey, that's not a useful thought, will stop the thought in its tracks so that I can move on to having more positive thoughts. Um, but if I had to describe my mindset, the answer's tenacious, uh, you know, almost, almost to a point of stubbornness. Okay. And it's something that comes with you or is something that you develop with time? That tenacious yeah, spirit. I mean, I think the yeah, I think the martial, yeah, I think the martial arts has ultimately helped with that, right? I mean, the way that the martial arts is, is set up is, um, you know, there's a reward system with the belts and with the stripes, and it allows you to set goals. And sometimes you accomplish those goals, sometimes you don't. You know, what I love about the martial arts so much is, and I, act I actually propose this question to my, my children's students. So I teach my I teach at my academy on Fridays and I asked them, I said, is martial arts an individual sport or is it a team sport? And the answer is that it's both because in order for me to get good at jujitsu, I've got to have somebody to grapple. I can't just, you know, grapple a grappling dummy, um, you know, but when I go out and I compete, it's just me out there. So it's both a team sport and it's an individual sport. And I, I don't think there's any sport out there that, that, teaches developing a strong mindset the way that the martial arts does um and that has 100 allowed me to you know develop having tenacity perseverance grit um you know especially with the type of year that that 2020 was um you know it, it's very easy to sit back and say oh 2020 is the worst year ever you know or you can look back and say Well, what were the lessons that, you know, COVID and the pandemic and, you know, what, what were the lessons that it taught me? And, and I think, you know, one of those is, is that many, especially small business owners are very tenacious. They're not going to let something like the government who closed their business, you know, that's not going to be the last chapter. It's, it's going to be the end of that chapter and there's going to be another chapter happening afterwards. Um, so I 100% um, you know, uh, equate having a strong mindset to being a martial artist. Um, you know, I, uh, I also think that, you know, my parents had provide me an environment that allowed me to understand the importance of hard work, um, to understand that, you know, anything in this life that's worth it, isn't going to come easy to you. And, you know, I'm definitely privileged in growing up in, in that type of environment and having parents that led the way. They didn't just talk the talk, they actually walked the walk as well. So I think it was a combination of the environment that I had growing up, as well as being in the, in the martial arts, which, you know, has, has brought upon having a strong mindset. Love it. You already touching the question that I will ask you, but I, I'm going directly. What are some of the lessons that you are taking from this pandemic situation? You already uh, started answering, but if you can go a little bit deeper, please. Yeah, so, you know, COVID was, was a very interesting time period in my life. My son was born on March 3rd. Um, so it was about, you know, a week and a half before all of the shutdowns happened. And we were very fortunate that, 
Um, it hadn't hit the U.S. yet, so I was able to be in the delivery room. Our family was there. You know, if he would have came a week and a half later, I, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, be there. Our family wouldn't have been able to be there because they imposed very strict rules in, in the hospitals. So COVID in 2020 for me wasn't just navigating how do I overcome this in my businesses. It was also you know, how do I raise a child and a newborn in a, and really with a newborn, you're already concerned about germs and people, you know, getting them sick and because their immune systems haven't been built. Um, it was, you know, it was tough. There's, there's no, you know, if, ands or buts about that. There were times where I was in my office in the corner in a ball crying my eyes out because it wasn't just, overcoming this for my martial arts tool, right? That was, that was a big one, right? It's a brick and mortar, this, this, <laughs> this business, you know, a martial, like martial arts is a combative art, right? The only way you're going to get better at grappling is to grapple. You can drill as much as you want on a grappling dummy or on a pillow, but in, in order to learn how to do a combative art, you, you, you know, you, you've got to make contact. We were very fortunate that because of my background in digital marketing and just being a tech person that we actually started our Zoom classes before the shutdown. We started um, three days before the shutdown because we noticed class attendance was dropping. So we had even started Zoom before the government had, had shut us down. So it was an easy pivot for us because as a consultant and as a digital marketer, I was very familiar with the platform. Um, you know, so it wasn't just navigating it for my martial arts school. I'm also a consultant. So I also consult other martial arts schools. So there was the heaviness of the weight of wanting my clients to be able to get through this. So it was another kind of added level of pressure because it wasn't just about getting my school through this. It was about getting all of our clients through it and then navigating it for my agency, Grow Pro Agency. So you know, we lost about 30% of our clients in March when COVID hit because what school owners did is they looked at their, their, their budget and they looked at, well, what lines can we cut, right? Can't really cut rent, can't really stop paying for internet, can't really stop paying for our phone bill, but hey, I can cut my marketing budget. So then it was adding the level of pressure. You know, I've got a full team here, like I've got a full team at my school. How are we going to, how are we going to get through it as, as an agency? And then how am I going to get my family through this with a newborn? Um, so, you know, there's kind of four different levels of it for my school, for my clients, for my agency, for my family. And, you know, what COVID taught us is that we can get through anything. We really can. We can get through anything when we surround ourselves with the, the right people, um, with the right mentors and the right coaches. Um, I think the other lesson that it taught businesses is you've got to be online. If, if you're not online, your, your business is going to be gone. And unfortunately, there were many martial arts schools and jujitsu schools that ended up shutting their doors forever because they did not pivot and go online. And I know, especially in the jujitsu industry, in the jujitsu world, people thought you were selling out. You know, I had people reaching out, oh my gosh, you're giving the kids stripes when they're training on Zoom. And I'm like, well, let's, let's look at this from the bigger picture, okay? It's gonna take this kid at least 10 plus years to obtain their black belt, right? Because they can't get it as a kid. So they're at least gonna have to be an adult. If out of those 10 years, 
if three of those months they earn stripes digitally, do you really think that's going to impact their entire career as a martial artist? No, of course it's not. Do you think it's going to help them get through one of the hardest time periods of anybody's life in, in our generation? Yes, because almost all of the other extracurricular activities did not go online. We had so many families reach out to us and say, you know, the dance studio, they're not doing Zoom classes. My guitar lesson teacher, they're not doing Zoom classes. You guys are doing this. This is saving us. This is giving us an outlet. It's giving us our family something to look forward to while we're stuck at home. So for those school owners that didn't offer it to their students because they thought it was selling out, I mean, you did a disservice to your community if you didn't provide it. Yes, we know that training in person is much better than training online. But if training in person isn't an option, then you should offer something online to your students. If anything, just for movement, right? I mean, how many people gained so much weight over COVID because they weren't exercising? If anything, for community, those kids aren't going to school anymore. Adults aren't going to work. Can you provide a community online for them? So, you know, lesson number one, we can get through anything, but you've got to make sure you surround yourself by the right people, right? Lesson number two, your business has got to go online. And then lesson number three is don't put all your eggs in one basket. There are a lot of companies, not in just in, in our industry, but in other industries that only have one marketing channel, like, right? Maybe it's a martial arts school and they develop relationships with the local elementary schools. We call it partners in education. And that's all they do to focus on getting new students is being a, a partner in education. Well, what happens when the kids don't go to school anymore because of a pandemic, right? Or there's certain people that only relied on word of mouth. They only relied on referrals for their business. How are you going to get referrals if nobody's walking and stepping, you know, stepping foot into your business? Um, you know, so I think that that was a really important lesson for a lot of businesses that you can't put all of your eggs in one basket in regards to your marketing. You have to be on all of the channels because if one of those channels gets ripped away, at least you have other channels that you can market through. Love it. Love it, Chris. You were talking, I, it comes with, with some questions. First of all, how do you know if you are surrounded with the right people? Because I think also that is important, but how you can check that? Yeah, I mean, looking at what, looking at where they're at in their life, right? So they say you're the sum of the five people you, you hang around with, you know, the most. So look at those people. What are they doing with their life? What are they doing with their extra time? I actually recently had this conversation with one of my bonus sons. So I'm, I'm a stepmom to two amazing, amazing boys. And they're, they're a little bit older. They're 20, 22 and 18. Um, so they're very much in transitional periods of, of their life, right? Graduating high school, um, you know, becoming an actual adult at, you know, right. Starting to adult. And, you know, my, my question I proposed was, well, what are your friends doing in their extra time? Are they just hanging around and playing video games or are they trying to better themselves, whether that's physically or mentally or, you know, get that promotion at work? 
So I think the first thing you can do is just look at who are you spending your most, you know, your, your time around and where are they going in life? What kind of conversations are they, are they bringing up, right? Are they negative? Are they positive? Um, and I think in regards to, to finding a mentor, because you need, you've got to have mentors and you've got to have mentors in very specific aspects of your life. So I have a mentor for my digital marketing agency. I have a mentor for my martial arts school. I have a mentor for my health. You got to find mentors in each, you know, one of those aspects of, of your life. And the question is, as well, is that person living the life that I potentially want to live? And if the answer is yes, well, then do whatever they say, right? Like whatever they say, follow what they're saying and doing that, right? That's, I mean, it's everything has already been written down in history. Everything you, you need to learn is in a book or it's on YouTube or it's on Google. Um, so, you know, for me, when I'm looking for mentors, um, I, I also think another aspect of that is, do you, are your core values aligned, right? Because there's plenty of successful people out there that might have gotten to that level of success, but didn't necessarily do it with integrity. So are your core values, uh, you know, in line? And is that person living the life that you ultimately are, are aiming to achieve? Love it, love it. Uh, it comes uh, with the question. You have, we have a lot of, I will say, gurus in the internet. How do you can check if you have a mentor or a guru? Yeah, I mean... You know, the internet is is a very bittersweet place, right? I mean, it allows you to, to reach a, a lot of people, people you never would have had the opportunity to do, but it also allows people to fake, you know, what they've done as well. I think the number one thing is, is before you start working with somebody, you need social proof. You need somebody else besides them giving you feedback on what the experience was, right? So one of the things that we do when excuse me, when we bring on, um, uh, you know, potential new clients for GrowPro is we share with them case studies, videos, right? I mean, anybody can make up a quote and say somebody said it, but if there's a video of the person saying it, well, kind of hard to, to make that up unless you hired an actor, right? But we offer to connect any of our clients with that prospect for that reason. Um, because unfortunately, You know, I mean, with some good editing tricks and some camera tricks, I mean, you know, people think that everything they see online is, is true and it's not. So I think finding social proof and, and speaking with people that have worked with that person is the best way for you to figure out if, if they're legit or not. Love it, love it. And from elementary education, how digital marketing appear in your life? Yeah, so um, one of my, my really good friends, I, I call him my brother from another mother, um, his name's Matt Arroyo, he's a former UFC fighter, he was on The Ultimate Fighter, um, he's an ADCC, um, he's competed at ADCC, you know, very, very high level guy, um, he's, you know, been in my life for the last 15 years, and he wrote an ebook called The BJJ Manifesto, him and our instructor, Rob. And they, they wrote this, geez, I want to say like maybe 13 or 14 years ago. And it was his first experience in digital marketing. And I remember going over to his house and they had just launched the ebook. 
and they're charging for it, right? It wasn't anything crazy. It might've been like a hundred bucks. It was an ebook, but it also had video training. And he, he goes, Midge, check this out. So everybody in my, my team calls me Midget. Um, so he's like, Midge, come, come here, check this out. And he showed me his email and inside his email, it had sale after sale after sale. It was just all of these invoices that were coming in. And, you know, the one thing about the martial arts business, it's a service-based business. You're trading your time for money, right? I mean, we've got to be on the mat. We've got to be teaching. And I was very intrigued at how he was making money while he slept. Literally, you saw these emails coming in 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and he's making money while he's sleeping. And I was hooked from that moment on. And I said, Matt, teach me everything that you know. And he did. And, you know, like I said, he's, he's somebody that I, I consider a brother and, and he shared his knowledge freely to me. And um, he was also kind of my first introduction to Facebook ads um, as well. And when I opened my martial arts school, it was really just me. And I had a, an a instructor, Dan Martinez, who ran our adult program. And the thought of having to put rap cards and other businesses or going to the elementary schools and having to be like the PE teacher for the day. And like all of that just seemed like a lot of work and Facebook ads didn't seem like it was a lot of work. So I went all in and learning how to bring in leads on demand, which is ultimately what you can do when you know how to run Facebook ads properly you turn them on and all of a sudden you now have leads and appointments and potentially new students. Um, so that was kind of my, my first introduction to, to internet marketing. And a few years later, I launched my very first course, uh, which was called the Perfect Kids Jiu-Jitsu Class Course. There's really not much out there on how to teach kids jiu-jitsu, um, you know, and it's, it's completely different than teaching adults jiu-jitsu. And um, I sold the course for $97. It was uh, during um, Black Friday is when I launched the day after Thanksgiving here in the States. And I was in Delray with my, my dad and I was visiting him and I'm sitting there on the couch and all of a sudden my phone starts bring, bring, bring. And it was sale after sale after sale after sale. And uh, it was just a really amazing feeling to you know, be hanging out with my family, enjoying, you know, vacation and still being able to, to bring in a profit. Um, so that's kind of how I got my start in, in digital marketing. Love it. Love it. Which advice you will give for some of the business owner in general to give the first steps in digital marketing? Yeah. So Many times in our business, the question that we should be asking is not, how can I do this? The question is, excuse me, who can do this for me? Um, that's typically the better question. Who can do this for me? Here's the thing about Facebook ads. None of us opened our martial arts school in order to learn how to run Facebook ads. It's not why we opened our martial arts school. We opened our martial arts school because we wanted to make an impact on our community. That's ultimately what we wanted to do. We wanted to make an impact on our community. And the thing about technology in digital marketing is it's always gonna be evolving and changing. 
the the things that we learned you know six months ago is not relevant today there's actually some major changes coming to the digital marketing world because of the ios 14 update that's happening you don't have time as a business owner to learn that so sometimes the better question isn't how can i do this the better question is who can do it for me and you know that can be a little nerve-wracking and that's why you've got to do your due diligence and you've got to look up different companies and you've got to find social proof you've got to speak with their clients to see if they are a good fit because just like not all martial arts schools are created equally not all marketing companies are created equally either love it love it and you were talking like about running a team in a automatic pilot how do you form a team a good team if we can say it because you formed already two yeah yeah you know um i never set out to be a boss when i opened up my martial arts school i didn't open it up because i i wanted to be a boss and to be you know completely frank i i wasn't really a great boss in the beginning i just and it was because i was learning how to be a boss as as well I think there are three major mistakes that most business owners make when they first start their business. One of the mistakes is they don't hire a coach. Another mistake is they do not reinvest their money back into marketing. And the third mistake is they do not hire fast enough. Um, there's usually this mindset of, oh, when I make more money, then I'll hire somebody. And you hire somebody so they can make the company more money. Um, you know, how do you, how do you create a team? Well, you first got to turn into a leader that people are going to want to follow. And I think that is something that gets often overlooked um, with people in, you know, leadership positions is, well, why should I follow you? Why should I listen to you? And it really comes down to working harder on yourself than, than you do your job. And that was the mistake that I made in the beginning. I worked so hard on, on you know, uh, trying to be this, you know, this boss and doing it. I just needed to work on being the best me that I could be, taking care of me first. And when my team members see that, that's going to trickle into the business as well. So I think the first thing you got to look at is, you know, why should somebody follow you? Um, and, and I don't think bosses ask themselves that questions. I think, you know, they're automatically put in that position. I think, especially in the martial arts world, you know, as a black belt and an instructor, you're put on a pedestal. And unfortunately, there's many black belts in the martial arts and all styles that take advantage of that, that they don't truly develop being a great leader. Just because you're a black belt does not mean you're a great leader. Which advice or, or how can we become a great leader or can we develop that that's between being a boss and a leader how we can step up yeah you know i think a leader um is is involved i i don't think it's them telling you know everybody what to do it's it's showing the way um i think the way that you develop that is having a constant thirst for growth and for progress and for learning and having lifelong dedication to learning. Um, I am a huge reader. I'm, I read every single day. I listen to podcasts daily. I listen to audio books. I take courses. 
Um, I am, I find for myself that I am most happiest when I feel as though I'm progressing in life. And the easiest way for me to feel as though I'm progressing is by learning. It's by being on this continuous journey of, of education. Um, you know, uh, public education can, you know, make you, you know, make you some money, but self-education can, can make you wealthy. Um, so I, I think that's the, the answer is just being on that constant um, journey of, of, of self-education. Love it, love it. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, after one year of being a mom of Cruz, what is the big difference that you see in yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference is uh, sticking to my non-negotiables. So I am no, uh, you know, I've, I've had plenty of 14-hour, 16-hour, 18-hour work days, and uh, that's, that's, that doesn't happen anymore because my time with him is, is very valuable. So I have a non-negotiable of being home at a very specific time so that I have time to spend with him. Same thing, time in the morning. Um, so I feel like my non-negotiables have, have become much more serious. Um, and I'm working just as hard, but I'm not putting in as many hours, which means that you've got to be more productive in the hours that you are working, which has meant getting very clear on the visions of my company and really kind of, I live in these 90-day kind of game plans. You know, I think a lot of people make annual goals. They make year-long goals, which is, is great. But the problem is, is they don't revisit those goals. They don't go back and look at them. I think a better way to live is, is in like a 90-day quarter where you can, you can see, you know, from January 1st, I've got these goals that need to be accomplished by March 31st. So those we call them 90-day game plans. I create those in my business, but also in my, in my personal life. And it, it means that I'm constantly revisiting it. When you look at an annual goal, a year-long goal, if you're not looking at that every single day, it gets lost. But if I can take that year-long goal and I can chop it up into these quarterly goals, those quarterly goals now become monthly goals, which now become weekly goals, which now become daily goals. Um, so I, I feel like one of the major things that has, has shifted since Cruz has been born is that I was always productive, but it's kind of on another level because I have less time to work with because I want to spend more time with my family. Um, so that's kind of one of the, the major differences. Um, and if you follow me on social media, I'm one of those parents. All I do is post about my kid. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I told myself, you, you're not going to be like that. And I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Talking about productivity, uh, can you give me some tips to me and to the listeners and viewers how to become more productive? Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask. I actually have a course that's coming out. Uh, it's called Million Dollar Productivity Hacks. I'm really excited about that. But You know, I, I think one of the most overlooked aspects of productivity is delegation. We can't do it all. You just, you can't do it all. And there's, you know, in the beginning of, of, of your business, you don't have any money. So you have to trade your time, right? You have to be in that hustle mode, that grind mode. 
but there's only 24 hours a day. There's only so much work you can do. So I truly believe for people to be as productive as they want to be, you have to start growing a team. And in order to grow the team, you have to have a very clear vision for not only the, the company, but also the team members that are a part of that company because they want to feel like they're growing and they're progressing as well. Um, and in regards to actual like tactics, for me, what has, has been super helpful is time blocking. So everything, every day is, you know, every minute is assigned. Um, there's not a minute that's going to go by that, that doesn't have an assignment of, of what I'm going to do at that time. And it's because my time is now more limited because I want to spend it more with my family. So on the tactical end, time blocking has been huge living my day in these kind of 90, you know, living my life in these 90 day game plans and setting goals 90 days out and revisiting them has been huge. And I also think it depends on your personality. I have a very A type personality. I'm very regimented. I'm very routine. I feel like things are off if I don't follow that routine, but not everybody is like that. You know, some people, if I you know, told them to do the same thing every day at this time, they would freak out. That's not how, you know, they operate. So I think understanding the best way that you operate and then creating an environment around that. So for example, uh, we, we own the office building here. This is my office. I come in um, each morning at the same time. I leave at the same time. Um, you know, my, my schedule every week I have, these are my specific times for meetings. These are my specific times for sales calls. These are my specific times for training. My wife, if I told her to do that, she would go nuts. She loves working in different areas. Yesterday, she went to the park and she was working on a course that she's developing at the park, just looking, you know, being out in nature. She likes going to a salt cave. There's literally like a cave here in Tampa that it's just, it's salt. And, you know, the energy from the salt is supposed to me, that's weird. Like, no, I want to be at my desk. Right. So I think in regards to productivity, knowing, you know, the type of personality that you have and then creating an environment that allows that personality to thrive, having a clear vision and understanding that you can't do it all. You have to delegate, which means you've got to de develop a team. Um, those 90 day kind of game plans, um, as opposed to just, you know, annual. Um, and, and I also think getting out of your head, you know, many times it's just, Hey, grab a sheet of paper, grab a pen and get everything out of your head and get it down on paper. And that's one of the first exercises that I do when I start working with clients as well. Um, so those are some tips on, on time management and productivity. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Because I had that question, but you already put it together. <laughs> You were talking also <clears throat> that you like to, to journaling. When you start journaling and why it's important for you? Yeah, I've been journaling for almost about 15 years now. And I go in these kind of ebbs and flows where, you know, I'll be very, very consistent with journaling every single day. Um, and then I'll stop for a little bit. Um, for me... I have a few different types of journals. So I have journals that if I'm, if I'm taking a course, if I'm reading a book, I'll write what I'm learning in, in that journal. And I think that's really important. I think people read, but they don't write down what they learn. And you're not going to, you're just not going to remember it. You're not going to remember if there's 300 pages in a book, you're not going to remember all of the most important parts. 
for me, when I go pen to paper and I write it down, it sticks. And now I have something that I can look through for, you know, in the future, if I'm, if I'm searching for answers on a particular topic. So I have like learning journals in that regard. And then I also have like goal journals where I'll write down my, my top goals that I have. And then also the things that I'm grateful for, you know, very often while we're, you know, on this journey called life and, and we set all these, you know, these goals, sometimes you can beat yourself up if you're not exactly where you want to be. And I think the fastest way to kind of get back to reality is being grateful and listing everything that you are grateful for. Um, because you cannot be upset in the same moment that you're being grateful, you cannot be upset. It's literally impossible. So I think, you know, writing, writing that down, and I had a friend, because I used to write down my top 10 goals and the top five things that I was grateful for. And she goes, don't you think that's backwards? Don't you think you should be writing down 10 things you're grateful for and five things that, that you're aiming for? And I said, well, we'll just make it even 10 and 10. Um, you know, journaling was a part of my morning habit for, for a very long time, reading and journaling. So waking up, getting my coffee, sitting, we've got this big comfy chair, sitting in my big comfy chair and reading and journaling at the same time. But having a, having a baby changes your morning ritual a little bit because you don't get to pick when they want to wake up. Um, so, you know, when I, when I have the ability based off of, you know, is it my morning with Cruz? Is it my wife's morning with Cruz? Did he wait? Did he sleep in a little bit? Um, you know, so my morning habits have, have really been a little hit or miss ever since he was born. Um, and, and it just makes sense, right? I don't get to pick when he wakes up. He's going to wake up when he wants to wake up. So what has happened then was that my evening habits have, have become stronger because once he's asleep, he's, he's pretty much asleep for the rest of the night. And my evening habits have, have been really um, consistent with time blocking for the next day. Um, so I'm, I, like I said, I'm a pen to paper kind of person. So time blocking what that looks like. And then I also have just thinking time. Um, I think that people do not set enough time aside just to think, right? We're always on this thing. We're always being distracted by it. And I do some of my best thinking at the end of the day, you know, after kind of you've washed the day away, you've taken your shower and um, I'll just sit there with my iPad and start just writing down ideas. Um, so I was a huge component of a morning morning ritual. And then I had a kid and that has kind of shifted to more of an evening ritual um, or a night routine. Love it, love it. I, I'm also a big fan of daily habits, morning routines and night routines or even routines. Can you describe a little bit more like previous cruise, a little bit more about your morning routine, your even routine, please? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think there's, there's two different types of morning. I, I like calling them rituals. A ritual to me, you know, a routine is like brushing your teeth and getting dressed, right? Like that's a routine. So I like, I like calling it more of a ritual because I feel like it's more connected to my soul. Um, but I think there's personal rituals and then there's business rituals. I've always been very um, consistent with business rituals. I call it my morning business ritual. It's the first thing that I do when I sit down at my, at my computer desk 
And I literally have every single website that I need to go to in order to complete my morning business ritual. It's bookmarked. And I open the bookmarks from left to right. There's about 20 of them. And then I just go through all of those bookmarks. So examples, you know, like my calendar, what does my calendar look like today? Do I have any, uh, you know, consulting sessions? Then I'm going to look at, you know, bank accounts. I'm going to look at my QuickBooks. I'm going to render my QuickBooks. All of these things that need to happen on a daily basis so that at the end of the month, it's not like I'm having to play catch up. I'd rather chip away a little bit every day. And it sets the tone for the day. It's like making your bed in the morning. It's that check mark that that you get to say, oh, all right, I, I did that already. So I think there's, you know, you've got your personal morning ritual and then you've got your your business morning ritual. Um, personally, you know, there's there's a lot of really great people to follow. Um, Aubrey Marcus, who is the CEO of On It, he wrote a book that was all about basically like daily rituals to implement. And he's got some, some really great ones, you know, waking up, drinking a glass of water with electrolytes and lemon in there, taking a cold shower, taking your vitamin, like all of those things. Um, you know, for me, I always make my bed. I think that's, you know, as silly, as simple as that sounds, it does allow you to fill, you know, that, that check mark off. Um, I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, don't, don't touch your phone in the morning. Don't look at that. For me, I look at my email when I'm drinking my, my coffee, because if there's anything that's pertinent, it's going to be in my email. And I want to be able to plan the rest of my day for that. And, you know, and again, there are so many different rituals and routines and people teach. You've got to figure out what works best for you. And I think that the key to it is, and, and one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about never miss two days in a row, right? So if you are developing a habit, okay, you never, you can miss one day, that's fine. You can miss one day because things are going to happen, but you never miss two days. And I think that what ultimately happens is when we're trying to create habits, we will so I, I didn't, you know, I didn't work out today. And then it's just kind of like the snowball effect that now one day turns into two, which turns into five, which turns, it's the same thing with like a, a cheat meal, right? Like you have one cheat meal and then that turns into a cheat day and, you know, even further. But I really love the way that he presents that, and, you know, it's okay to miss one day, just don't miss two. Love it, love it. And if, if you could advise me a good habit to start today, which it will be between so many of them that or habit or ritual. Yeah. I mean, I think it's completely dependent on where that person is in their life and, and, you know, what, where they need the most work. Um, what I would suggest is, you know, go and read the book atomic habits, because I don't think there's a better book on developing habits and, And identifying, that's really the key to developing your habits is identifying yourself as somebody that does X, Y, Z, right? If you, if you want to stop smoking, it's not, you can't just be, yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I might not smoke it. No, you are somebody that you don't smoke anymore. That's it. You identify as somebody that doesn't smoke or you identify as somebody that works out every day. And um, he can, he says it much more eloquently than, than I can, but To me, if, if you are in a place where you feel like you need help with developing habits, 
there's not going to be any better advice than, than James Clear and Atomic Habits. Love it, love it. And now let's go to the, what is your definition of success? Yeah, so, um, you know, this has been, this is, this question has been proposed in, in many different masterminds that, that I've been in. And, and for me, success is doing what I want, when I want, where I want, and with whom I want. So that's, that's ultimately what I'm, I'm chasing after, you know, I, I want to do If I don't want to work that day, I want to have the, the ability to not work. If I want to go somewhere, I want to have the ability to do that. If well, I'm somewhere with somebody, I want to have the ability to be with who, whoever that is. So my definition of success is doing what I want, when I want, where I want, and with whom I want. Love it, love it, love it. I think it's, it's a great definition. And what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? You know, they, there's this famous quote, I, I don't remember who said it, but they, the, the quote goes something like this, you know, they say you die twice in your, in your life. Once when you really die, when your you know, heart stops beating. And the second time is when your name is said for the last time. And that, you know, hearing that, that, that can really, because do you really think about that, right? I mean, I think we all think about death. But do we think about, because there is going to be a time where your name is never said again, right? And that's kind of about this whole developing a legacy, right? I mean, as your name dies, you know, potentially could your legacy die? Um, so, you know, I, I think that's a very interesting, you know, uh, way to look at life is that you, you die twice. You die when you actually die and you die the last time your name is said. Um, to me, you know, legacy, it's setting my family up to be successful and to know that I love them as much as anybody could, could love another human being. Um, we had kind of touched on that generational wealth and generational love and leveling that up. I was very fortunate to have been raised by a family that I mean, I'm an only child, so I got all of the love. Um, I was raised by parents who understood work ethic, who worked their way up the corporate ladder, who are living, you know, their ideal retired life right now. So I had, um, you know, a lot of great mentors, particularly my parents that, that set the stage for that. But I want my family to be set up for success and I want them to know that, that I love them. And, and to me, if, if I can do those two things, then that's the legacy that I want to leave behind. Love it. Love it. And uh, let's talk a, a little bit about the new projects that, that you have. You already told me about the, the new course about productivity. Do you want to share some more? I don't know if you have developing some more projects, please. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've always wanted to be an author. Um, I've created a lot of courses, but I've never written a book. So that is currently uh, one of my rocks. One of my 90-day game plans for the second quarter is to publish my very first book. And what we can expect with that book? Can you go a little bit deeper or you prefer? Yeah, so the book is on uh, the customer journey. So um, as marketers and as business owners, very often we look at our business through our eyes as bosses, as instructors. And the best way to really figure out what your customers need is to look through their eyes. 
And there are six stages that customers go through. It's awareness, consideration, purchase, onboarding, retention, and advocacy. And building out the systems and processes in your business through the eyes of the customer and what they are experiencing. And I believe that when you do that, when you build your systems and processes out and your marketing and your sales processes through the eyes of the customer, you get to deliver more value, you get to deliver a better product or service, and you ultimately create the ideal customer, which is an advocate of your business. And the beautiful part about this customer journey, it's cyclical. So once somebody becomes an advocate of your business, well, now they're talking about your business, they're wearing your brand, and that ultimately starts the cycle all over again, and it brings more awareness to your business, which then leads to consideration and purchase and onboarding, retention and advocacy, and it just keeps going and going. So that's the premise of the book. Love it, love it. As a big reader, you already give me advice of the Atomic Habits. Do you want to, to tell me maybe two or three more books that you will advise me to read, please? Um, yeah, I'll just give you one. Um, Please. And it's called The Compound Effect. It's by Darren Hardy. Um, it was one of the very first personal development books that I read about 12 years ago. And the, the concept of The Compound Effect is small, smart choices done consistently over time yields drastic results. And it really is the secret to success. You know, everybody's looking for a hack. They're looking for, you know, the shortcut. There is no shortcut. You've got to make small, smart choices every single day. You do that over and over again, and it will compound into achieving whatever it is that you're set out to achieving. So uh, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, number one book recommendation. Love it. And what is your tip to make the world a better place? Yeah, I think if everybody committed really committed um, to reaching our own personal human potential, that this world would be a much better place. If we all committed and aimed to be the best version of ourself, the world would automatically be a better place. And unfortunately, not everybody commits to that. Not everybody You know, every, oh, life's not fair, or it's easy for that person, or I was born here. I, you've just got to commit to being the best version of yourself. And I think with the, the internet, you know, maybe in third world countries, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But if you have access to the internet, there's absolutely no reason why you should not be aiming to reach your human potential. Love it. I think it's a great advice. Chris, any last Thank thoughts you. or advice that you want to share with me and the listeners and viewers, please? Yeah, I mean, I thought we, you know, we, we covered a lot in this last hour and I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, uh, you, you having me and, and asking, you know, so many great tips. Um, I think if, if anybody had to have an action step from this podcast, I would say go through the seven levels of why go through that exercise that we did earlier today. And once you know your why, the days where you don't want to do it, the days where it's hard to get out of bed, the days where life is just beating you down, your why acts as your North Star and will we'll always keep you on track. Please, thank you so much. Really, it was a great pleasure to have you in the podcast, man. I wish you to you and to your family the best of the world, like.
The best. Thank you so much for the time, awesome. okay? It was an amazing hour. Thank you, Vasco. Appreciate it. Have a Thank great you. day. Thank you. You too.